lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. You've got Mike Thompson here. I'm with Liam Kenny today. This is going to be a pretty incredible episode that I've been looking forward to for the last couple of days since I talked Liam into this. So I've got Liam on the podcast today. Now, Liam is a officer cadet with the Canadian Forces. He's currently serving right now, as well as he is a student at Vancouver Island University in the criminology program. Now, right now, he's doing an internship with the RCMP here in Nanaimo, and I have the opportunity to be able to sit down and work with Liam. He's an awesome dude. We've had some fantastic conversations in the pit about several different topics that we love to talk about on the podcast, one of those being movies, what we're going to be talking about today, but as well it we like donuts it's a bit of a shared love of donuts so what we're going to do today and and liam obviously uh you've heard a couple of the episodes already i've talked about it a million times in the office it seems to be taking over my life we are going to do the unreasonable grounds podcast breaking donut so this is the tradition. This is what we do. And I'm going to explain it for the listeners for their first time. So we have a tradition. What we do is instead of cheersing the whole thing and starting the whole thing off, uh, what we'd like to do is we like to, in other words, break bread, but in our own special way as first responders. And we know we all love cop cookies. So what we do is we air cheers because we are COVID friendly on this podcast. We are... Uh, what probably about 60 kilometers away from one another right now (laughs) over facetime where we're doing this so what we're going to do is uh liam do me a favor you have done an amazing thing today you have gone out and you have purchased a donut to be able to take part and god damn it it's another long john not long i had to bring the controversy back up oh God, this is killing me. So this is like maybe uh, I've had my other friend on here, uh, Trina Bray, and I'm going to be have Trina on the podcast. Well, I've already had her on, but what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, the episode actually loaded up and brought in, maybe downloaded in the next couple of weeks. But I had her on here as well, too. And this is like months ago before we had the first couple of episodes put on. But she also brought in the Long John from all the way up in Houston, British Columbia, which was, if anybody knows the pit that is Prince George, and God, I love Prince George as much my four years I spent up there, but you go about another four hours west down the highway, down the Highway of Tears, Highway 16, the Yellowhead, and she was able to find a Long John in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was from 7-Eleven, but you know, it is what it is. But today you've gone out and you've actually brought back the controversy of what is a Long John. So tell me a little bit about your donut real fast. Where'd you get it from? Classic Tim Hortons Long John. This one's a little rough looking. Got it this afternoon, but the presentation today, not not the best. So you got I've seen better for sure. So you've got some spillage. You've got yeah, uh, spillage over the side. There's some stickage from another donut on top. I'm not really sure. Like, yeah, like you said, there's some, so there's a whole lot of things going on with that. And <laughs> the last couple of episodes we've been doing is we've been putting them on Instagram live, but on this one, we're not doing like that. So there is no visual aid that goes along with this for the <laughs> listeners. So what I'm going to say is this, I'm going to describe it right now as well, too, for what I'm seeing. I got a long John donut and it is like sprinkled up. I, what sprinkles are doing in a long John is again, beyond me. Uh, but it just, yeah, I mean... It's a long pastry donut that has chocolate on top and some sprinkles. So it, it looks good. It, it's solid. It, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> Though, 
you might argue there's it is still a long john even though there's nothing inside not filled still a long john though it's good enough for me and, and and what is awesome right now is you can always tell when this is a low-budget podcast. I am definitely not doing this in a studio by any means. I'm doing it in my garage, which I've converted into a podcast studio. And then I've got one of my neighbor's horns going off outside. And I guarantee you it's going to be picked up on the audio. But let's get back to the donuts. So I have the Tim Hortons. And there's the proof, Liam. I went to Tibby's as well, too. Proof is in the pudding. I have the chocolate glazed. So let's do it. Let's break donut. Cheers, my friend. There we go. Cheers. Oh. <laughs> I've forgotten how much I miss chocolate glazed donuts. <laughs> you know, I've been eating a lot of donuts lately for the podcast here. And I'll tell you one thing is that I was like, after last week, I had another one. We did another recording. Mike and I, I was like, I'm not eating a donut for like two weeks. I can't. Dude, I ate a donut uh, yesterday. I'm having a donut today, and I will probably have another donut because I got another person lined up that wants to do another podcast episode in the next coming days. That's it. I'm just resigned to having to run two or three marathons a week. So, <laughs> so now that we got Breaking Donut out of the way, what we're going to be doing today, guys, is we're going to be talking about Liam's, let's call it your education in cop movies. Now, Liam and I are both big cop movie lovers. We're just movie lovers in general. So in the office, probably about a week ago, I was looking over at, uh, at Liam and we were talking a little bit about movies. And he asked me, he said, well, what's your top cop movies? And the very first thing I thought was, okay, well, you know what? This is going to be a really loaded question. You're obviously going to have The Departed. You're going to have Training Day. For me, you're going to have Bright on the list just because a bit of a nerd, but at the same time, I think it's a decent LAPD, Lord of the Rings mashup kind of deal. But there are some very primary movies that some would argue over the last 25 to 30 years, because obviously we're rolling into 30 years now, there are some real tombstone movies that you need to see. And unfortunately, Liam, when I said these movies, he looked at me and you looked at me and you just <laughs> kind of blinked blindly at me and were like, no, I haven't seen those ones. <laughs> so those movies were Heat. And again, from a previous podcast, which I haven't aired yet and I haven't uploaded yet, but you'll find out very quickly for the listeners. Um, I, I got things with Heat. The other one was SWAT. Now, we're not talking about the TV show. We're talking about movies. So this is the 2003 rendition of SWAT. And then to finish the whole thing off, it's Die Hard with a Vengeance. So we are going to get into number one. We're going to go straight to heat. So Liam, I asked you earlier today if you could go out and watch the trailers from the movies. So let's start with heat. What would you think? The trailer right away, it's just pure action all the time. There's no break. It's it's a classic 90s. Is it 90s? Yeah, 95, I think. <laughs> what is this movie from? Uh, it, it's 95. 95. The classic 95 action movie. There's nothing, no emotion. There's no, it doesn't tell you anything about the story, really. It's just pure action. And that's, you can tell that's all they're doing to try to drive people in. Now, I, I honestly, I got to know, which trailer did you watch? Because, like, I'm looking at it. I've seen, like, two or three of the theatrical trailers for Heat. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, it, it was nonstop action? Yeah, it was crazy. Gunfights and yeah. 
car chases. It's so funny when it comes to this movie. And obviously we'll talk about it. And I need to reference this. Now, Liam, what year were you born in? 99. You're born in 99. This movie came out four years prior to your birth. So we're mm-hmm. talking probably filming if there wasn't any hangups for like, you know, because there was a big deal, obviously, with the Rodney King issues down in the United States with LAPD, Rampart. You're doing a whole bunch of issues there. And there might have been some lag on the release of this one just because of the timing. But again, maybe filming 94. So now we're talking another, what, five years before you were Mm -hmm. born. So we've got a couple of big names when it comes to this movie. We've got Pacino, obviously as Lieutenant Vincent Hanna. We're talking about Robert De Niro as Neil McCauley and your typical bad guy, right? Now, Mm -hmm. how much exposure have you ever had to those two actors? You know, they're big names. I've heard their names a lot. I've seen a couple films with them, but it, nothing substantial. They're not in new movies that are popular anymore. Nothing really in my era. It's They come back to when I was watching stuff with my dad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're talking about mm-hmm. the, God, the Godfather. Exactly. You know, a, a big name flicks like that. I mean, obviously, Pacino did some more stuff a little bit closer to when you were born. And it, like uh, Any Given Sunday was another really big one for Pacino because I'm trying to keep it narrowed in. Obviously, Pacino has mm-hmm. done a ton of stuff. De Niro, the same thing. Taxi Driver. Like Those are classic, classic movies. But again, they're not of this particular vintage that we would want to watch as people born mm-hmm. from like, again, I was born in 84, but moving on past then, right? So it is a little bit dated i guess you would say but some of the other actors there i mean did you recognize anybody else in the in the trailer i've heard val kilmer kilmer i've heard his name before but uh and, and don't know what he plays then and there's probably a reason <laughs> because he was the worst batman ever did you know val kilmer was batman no didn't know it was batman i knew i knew they were big though just didn't know where from val kilmer was the batman with nipples okay okay that that's that's his that's his claim to fame is he was had this the Batman suit, so I can't remember if it's specifically, but it would have been between uh, I think it was before Clooney, because then George okay. Clooney took on the Batman role, but it was in between the two Michael Keaton and 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 Clooney, and I don't know what the hell they were thinking. They were like Top Gun went so well for you Val, and then mm-hmm. Keaton did so well, and you look like a you know an absolute badass in that one. But now, like, we'll just give you a Batman and see how it works. And it it flopped. Absolutely flopped. But obviously, so there's other big names in there. John Voight. Uh, you know who that is? No. <laughs> Never heard the name before. Angelina Jolie. Do you know the name? I do know Angelina Jolie. Yeah. That's her father. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> so John Voight, he's starting to get a little bit old. But yeah. he, he's in the flick as well, too. Uh, we're also dealing with Tom Sizemore. Uh, if you ever get into uh, Saving Private Ryan. Love that movie. Okay. Second man down to Tom Hanks's character. Okay. That yep. is, that's Tom Sizemore. And in this yep. flick, he actually plays supporting role to Robert De Niro and Val Kilmer in the crime group. So okay. Tom Sizemore had lots of issues later on in life. Uh, it, it just his personal career in that. And it, it's kind of slumped off. I love Tom Sizemore in his film. So I have all the time in the world for him. But unfortunately, it is what it is. I mean, obviously, we got mm-hmm. Ashley Judd. You'll see Ashley Judd in there overacting a little bit, but you'll see it. <laughs> uh, I think it's McKelty Williamson is, is a big one. Now, I mean, it sucks that I'm probably murdering his first name, and I'm sorry for that. But he played Bubba in Forrest Gump, and you've seen Forrest Gump. Okay. 
Yeah, of course. Okay, another, he plays one of the police officers well too in that group. Wes Studi, uh, he was the last of the Mohicans, you know, big, big names. And again, another part of the police group in that one. And then Ted Levine, he plays Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Silence okay. of the Lambs? Yes. So typical, he's got that nice, deep, raspy voice. And mm-hmm. it just adds a certain component to the group itself. But obviously, it has one of probably the most influential and how would I put it? For its time, it was probably one of the best shootout scenes in cinematic history up to that point. And there have been a few examples where we're starting to see some, you know, some decent ones that go along with it. And one of those would have to be the town. And I've discussed this on the last podcast with Mike, is that the town has a very similar shootout scene where it was filmed very similarly. And I think once you get a hold of it, and even if you wanted to in the next couple of days before you see the flick... It mm-hmm. might be good to go and get a hold of that shootout scene just to be able to see it. Or don't go fresh okay. and go right okay. into it. But we're talking about downtown L.A. shootout. We're talking about several different types of firearms. Uh, it's one of the few where you start to see actual mag changes, which is yeah. really interesting. And I think that's one of the biggest points. And I've talked to a lot of different uh, you know, guys that are gun gurus and, and just firearms guys. And they, they mm-hmm. will say the exact same thing is that, it is a firearms shootout scene. It is just for people that enjoy that because you actually get to see the mags fly out. And yeah. they'll do, they'll do mag real things. time. Yeah. Guys aren't continuously shooting for half an hour. There's there's real reloading going on in there. Yeah, and, and you just got to see it. So I want, I'm hoping that you get an opportunity to sit down there. What I will say mm-hmm. is this. Uh, get yourself food, get yourself, it's a long flick, get yourself some food, get yourself uh, a couple of bevies and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and enjoy it. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to your honest opinion of it as someone. Now, what do you think? Do you think that this would be something, a movie that you'd want to watch? Well, I'm, I'm big on cop movies and it's, it's hard to not like them. And when you have big names like that, you know, it's going to be a quality produced movie. I find a lot of the movies that I've watched from the nineties. They're, they're low grade. They're not, they're not that well produced, but from the sounds of it, this one is, is solid. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Excited about it. Now we're, let's move on. Let's get into the second movie of this whole group. And that second movie was SWAT. Now, had you ever heard of this movie before? I had never heard of it. I've heard of the TV show, but never heard of SWAT, which is interesting. Cause this one is, is closer to my generation. 2003. It's it's O three, so what you would have been five? Four or five, yeah. Four or five at the time, and then filming this is like a nine eleven kind of two thousand one filming kind mm-hmm. of radius or in and around that time. And I'm I'm shocked that you'd never heard of SWAT before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It I think there's just been so many other big movies since then that have overshadowed it. Okay, you you're in you're in for one. Now at the time when they brought out SWAT, this is just one of those ones where anybody that works in law enforcement, it's like, you know, there's a certain niche group of people that really want to get into. And obviously within the RCMP, they have the emergency response teams. And mm-hmm. in other police forces, they have uh, several different types of special weapons and tactics teams. And a lot of the time people got into this movie and they were just like, they would be going to calls humming the music to this one. Because obviously previously, I can't remember if it was in the 70s, but they had the TV show before, and then they brought out the movie about Hondo. But obviously, let's go through the cast. I mean, no, actually, you know, before we do that, tell me, what did you think about the trailer? The trailer, I think it was much cooler than Heat. 
this one, it, it told a little bit about the story. And the story, man, that sounds interesting. A millionaire in police custody trying to entice people to break him out. What a good premise. I'm excited to hear about it. It had better action than Heat did. This one is helicopters, though I think it might be a little overdone. Guys doing airdrops into the front of buildings. Sounds a little outrageous, but it, it, it looks exciting. I'm not going to spoil it for you because it was probably one of one of my favorite parts of the actual film is the fact that they show a lot of different techniques. Now, I am not an ERT guy. I'm not a SWAT member or anything like that. But I've seen quite a few deployments from the outside, from the uniform side and the support side. And... Even seeing some of the training that's being done, yeah, I, I could definitely see what you mean. It's over the top. But, I mean, you're talking about this particular case. LAPD is what they're portraying. So, mm -hmm. who knows? These guys are tier one guys when it comes to uh, probably just sheer number of call-outs, you know, it, being involved in these types of shootouts. Now, obviously, they had the uh, LA shootout years ago. What was it, 91 or 92? They mm -hmm. actually had the LA shootout. And if you've ever seen film of that... Uh, they tried to channel that kind of deal where they ended up calling in the different types of SWAT teams, right? All right, so let's get into the cast a little bit. Now, obviously, we've got Sam Jackson. And this is like my, one of my favorite actors out there is Samuel Jackson. I mean, you know, have you watched very much with Samuel Jackson? I've seen a few. He's uh, definitely a really quality actor and great in action flicks. I just... Love how he portrays the serious, serious guy all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, the biggest one I thought. I mean, I don't even know if you'd probably be old enough, but Snakes in a Plane. I've heard of it. <laughs> Again, I, <laughs> it's still okay. too young for that. I don't think anybody's actually seen Snakes in a Plane. It's not very good. <laughs> it's just, you know, everything else. It, it, Samuel Jackson touches everything and it usually turns gold. Snakes in a Plane, I'm going to say, is probably not. Uh, but obviously the, the hitman's bodyguard, if it, you know, you're a Ryan Reynolds fan, you probably get a kick mm -hmm. out of him playing that particular role, but he plays Sergeant Dan Hondo Harrelson in this film. And it's, it's really, really, really good. I mean, you're going to absolutely love his character. He's just that no BS, you know, Sarge that comes in is given that element to be able to pick the different people in his team and he's going to pick it. And that just wants the people he wants not necessarily the people that the bosses want. Now, the other person in this one is Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell hasn't done a lot in the last probably 10 years. Uh, again, kind of the Hollywood bug kind of got him and, 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 you know, not to say that he was typecasted in any particular role. But in this one, he's not bad for, you know, playing. He's an Irishman by birth and playing in the American SWAT role. I mean, it was not bad. Have you, have you seen very much when it comes to Colin Farrell? No, I haven't. I've seen him in a couple films. Uh, some more recent popular ones come to mind. Um, Horrible Bosses he was in, but he was more yep. of a side character in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about Minority Report? I haven't seen that, no. Oh, dude, we got <laughs> that should have been on this list. The, total Minority problem. Report. So Minority okay. Report, and again, we won't get sidetracked on this one, but Minority Report, Colin Farrell playing the cop, like sort of like an FBI agent coming in to assist, yeah. trying to capture Tom Cruise who is a Baltimore police pre-crime. It, it, it's cop movie. I like it. Some people don't like it. I get a kick out of it. He's in there with Tom Cruise, so it's, it's solid. But in this one, Jeremy Renner, okay, you, know, okay. you probably know who Jeremy Renner is. Yeah, yeah. Hawkeye, Avengers, right? 
So Hurt yeah, Locker, you're, you're a CF guy. Uh, you know, as much as the American military, you know, the reaction to most of those people hate Hurt Locker. It's still such a good movie. They, it it hits all the boxes for me. It has the the drama. It has the action. It has the good story. I it may be a little over dramatized and not that accurate, but uh, Jeremy Renner does a great job in it. Well, you didn't think that he'd go in and end up taking out the explosives from the body inside the building kind of thing? <laughs> probably not, I imagine. But No, no, probably not. <laughs> so in this one, obviously Jeremy Renner, this is kind of like his coming out when it came to major action flick. He hadn't done too much before this. I think he did Dahmer, and Dahmer was one of the smaller, like kind of lesser known movies out there. Mm-hmm. It might have had James Conn in it, but... You know, this is his first time that he really got a role. And you can really tell he's kind of getting his chops. And he plays initially a SWAT member who ends up going, not rogue, but going off to the other side and taking on a contract to be able to assist with this whole thing. And, and, you know, the billionaire crime syndicate guy trying to get out of jail. So, Mm -hmm. and on top of that, we got LL Cool J. Do you know who LL Cool J is? No. (laughs) That's we're going to work on that. Don't worry. It's okay. We're at the office. I'll play some Metal <laughs> Cool J for you. All right. Sounds good. We got Michelle Rodriguez. And Michelle Rodriguez is very famously known for, obviously, the Fast and the Furious yep. uh, series with being Letty, the character Letty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Josh Charles. we got Brian Van Holt. Obviously, Brian Van Holt is from Black Hawk Down, if you're a Black Hawk Down guy. Absolutely love that movie. Okay, do you know who Brian, Amazing. Brian Van Holt is? I told you right before we started, I'm the worst. That's okay. <laughs> With the names. But that's okay. I love that movie, though. So Brian Van Holt, to get you an idea, he plays another SWAT member in this one. If you look at the actual league, because you have Tom Sizemore's character in Black Hawk Down, another mm-hmm. amazing movie when it comes to military uh, might. Absolutely. Uh, he is the train of the Cav guys. He's got all the Humvee lineup. Yeah. So you have the one, the second in command. To Tom Sizemore, who is the colonel. I think he's a colonel or a captain or whatever it might be. And then you've got him. He's kind of a skinnier, blonde-haired guy. He plays the role, and he ends up telling the guy at the end, you know, it matters right now what you do because the guy's in the inhaler, and he's telling him to Mm -hmm. get in kind of thing. That's Brian Van Holt. So good actor. I actually really like him. He plays a bit of a tool on on Cougar Town, a TV show that used to be out. But I think you're really going to like it. When it comes to gunfights, pretty good you got a little bit of pistol play on that one uh Mm -hmm. quite a bit of shotgun play as well too the use of shotguns in swat is pretty good as well as a big thing that i'm into is the emergency vehicles Mm, interesting so you're starting to do a little bit good variety i saw in the trailer too helicopters all kinds of cars yeah so and and you're starting stuff exactly you're starting to deal with the buses as well too and you'll see Mm -hmm. that in the movie it's impressive to say the least. So I think you're really going to enjoy that one. I really can't wait to get your uh, reaction when you actually see it. I think of the three, that's probably going to be more up your alley when it comes to your age group, but as well as maybe attention span. Uh, I'm the same way. I, I, <laughs> I tend to keep going. Heat put me to sleep. Uh, SWAT will keep me up for days. Mm-hmm. And the next one is going to be Die Hard with a Vengeance. Now, obviously, Bruce Willis, John McClane, yeah. Mother of God, have you seen any of the other Die Hard movies? I have. I was very young. <laughs> it, um, I, another one, my dad sat me down, watched this film with me. It's, uh, it's a classic. I'm sure he, he loves these kind of things. And he's like, you have got to see John McClane. <laughs> it's yeah, like, absolutely. 
So the first one, Nakatomi Tower. The second one was the airport. The third is going to be Die Hard with a Vengeance. And this is the one that you said you haven't seen. Have not. Okay. I've, seen, I've seen the first one. Okay, so number two, that's okay. Number two really wasn't a cop movie. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, number one, eh, you know, whatever. He's not in his jurisdiction, but he goes and takes down Hans Gruber, Nakatomi Tower. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. He knocks Gruber over the tower. It's the most iconic scene for the early 90s action flick, seeing the guy fall down the green screen kind of thing. <laughs> solid, solid movie. Now, number two, like I said, with the airport, not, not, uh, it's not a cop movie. Again, he's coming in kind of deal. It's a travel. It's just a Christmas movie. This mm. one, for example, now we're n- we're messing around in the New York City, his own backyard where he actually has a badge for. So mm-hmm. tell me what you thought before we get into the cast and obviously the other person involved in this movie. Tell me what you thought about the trailer. This trailer right away, it catches your attention. You You start it and big explosion right downtown New York. It gives beautiful scenes of the city, just prepping you for what you're about to see. And then it comes up with the villain threatening. Um, is it John? Oh my God. <laughs> it's John McClane. John McClane. You'll, you'll remember his name. It's called, it's John McClane. It, there's actually, there's a drinking game, Liam, that people play. Mm-hmm. How many times you hear the name McClane or John oh McClane, <laughs> you're going to be on the floor. It's a, it's, it's on like, it's, it's unheard of how many times they say his name. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you, you, the villain just threatening John McClane, saying how he gives off like major Saw vibes to me. Do you want to play a game? And just going off and uh, creating almost like a puzzle for him to figure out. Yeah, it, it, you've got it dead on. That's exactly what it is. They, he gives them riddles to be able to go out there and solve. But it's the manner, and I just can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it for you to be able to see this one because it's the manner in which uh, John McClane's character meets Zeus, which is Samuel L. Jackson's character. And this was mm-hmm. a weird one. The first time I saw this, I was a kid. And it what came out in 95, so I would have been 11 years old. Yeah. And I remember watching this one with my dad. My dad was a 35-year member of the, the Mag Regional Police back home in Ontario. And it was one of those things where we're just like, this is pretty cool. Samuel mm-hmm. L. Jackson, I, like, I'd never seen anything with him before. This is my introduction to Samuel L. Jackson. And I was stunned. I remember going like, that guy was cool. And this is like... This, the trailer makes him look very cool. And this is before Pulp Fiction. Right. Because we're, and you've seen Pulp Fiction. I, I have. Okay. I have, yes. So now we're talking about, again, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. Because mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, if you remember, had a very small, eh, mediocre role in Pulp Fiction. Okay, yeah. Because there was the gimp, and there was like, uh, there's all this stuff going on with regards to that movie. But this is, they're back together again, and they play like such a good pairing in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Zeus, I'm not going to ruin it for you. He's my favorite part of this movie by far. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the cast. Now, the cast itself, Bruce Willis, you know Bruce Willis. Who Absolutely. Do, who doesn't know Bruce Willis? Uh, and on top of that, Sam L, obviously really good. Jeremy Irons is Simon. Now, they don't really talk very much about who Simon is in the trailer. And I'm not going to give it away as much as I want to. But you will automatically figure out what's going on at about halfway through the movie. And you'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, I see how this is all connected. And it'll make sense. But it's solid. Jeremy Irons, I mean... The accent thing will throw you off a little bit, (laughs) 
but it, it it's solid. The bank scenes, like, yeah, it, it's going to be really good. And then there's a couple other people. Graham Greene, he plays Joe Lambert. He is sort of like another detective that's with the NYPD. Um, I mentioned Graham Greene because he's probably one of my favorite uh, kind of Canadian actors. Now, obviously, Graham Greene, uh, he was a, he's actually from Six Nations, Ontario, so it's not very far away from where I grew up. And he was in The Green Mile. I don't know if you've seen The Green Mile. Yes. Yep. Tom Hanks, he was in there. He was one of the prisoners that ended up getting electrocuted and... and and executed they shaved the middle of his head kind of thing uh he was also wind river dances with wolves and longmire and anybody that's kind of into policing and small detachment kind of stuff especially in northern canada and rural canada longmire is like uh, prescribed reading or like viewing. you have to see it you have to watch it because you kind of get a kick out of the western kind of cop thing going on but really 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 good uh, you will love explosions. You will love lots of movie stuff, like movie uh, effects. Uh, when you start to see the subway, I don't know if you saw in the trailer when they had the subway car flying through the inside oh, of the crazy. terminal. That yep. was the very first time they decided to do that. And there have been several movies since then that have copied that and figured it out. And several other uh, video games, for example, the Call of Duties have used that exact same uh, oh, scene, okay. I guess you would say. And they figured it out. And to see the behind the scenes would be really cool too. So if you happen to get a uh, digital copy of that, watch the behind the scenes making of the movie and you'll be absolutely blown away on how they did that subway scene. It really comes back to there's no more CG. It is literally just this is they decided to destroy a set. Incredible. Like I can't believe the amount of work that goes behind creating that kind of scene in that era. Having to build all this by hand. Insane. Yeah, I mean, I got to ask you, out of the top three, before we close the whole thing out for this episode, before we get into part two, which will come probably in a couple of weeks, can you tell me which one out of the three, we've got Heat from 95, we've got SWAT from 2003, and we've got, uh, obviously, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard 3. Out of the three, which one are you most looking forward to checking out? Personally, I'm most looking forward to SWAT. The story to me just sounds so interesting. Um, the trailer was killer, and I haven't heard anything but positive reviews about this one, so I'm I'm ready for it. I'm guessing it's probably the RPG that did it for you when the guy's shooting the RPG out of the window of the apartment building. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep, military Very guy. Cool. Military guy. Yep, RPG wins it. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I'm going to say this right now, Liam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to hear how we close this out. I'm excited to hear your reaction to the movies. Um, I'm wondering if you feel the same way about Heat that I do. I'm wondering if you enjoyed Heat or SWAT as much as I did. And if you're just absolutely blown away by Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, I'm excited to do it. I think this is going to be really good. Are you excited about the follow-up part two? I'm very excited. I, I hope I get a chance to talk with you about my favorite cop movies and see if you've seen these ones. Yeah, 100%. On the next episode, that's our deal. We are going to knock out the reactions to those three movies as well as we're going to get into that list. I want to hear it. I know a couple other listeners also want to hear what you think is the top movies, what I think is the top movies. So one of the things we also do on our way out of the podcast, we make sure that we break donut out of the podcast. <laughs> do you have anything left of your donut? I do. All right, let's knock Half it down. It. We're still good to go. Oh, perfect. Let's knock one more piece down. <laughs> so on that point, guys, we're going to be closing out the podcast here. So 
in the end, make sure that you take care of one another. Make sure that you watch each other's sixes. Make sure that you're paying attention to all your colleagues out there right now. We are dealing with a very difficult time within our law enforcement and first responder community, especially when it comes to mental health. Now we've got all the different stuff going on right now, as well as COVID making everything so much worse. Pay attention to our people. Let's take care of each other. Guys, be safe. We'll see you later. Lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast.